The following episode contains major plot points that may spoil movies for some viewers. A spoiler warning is now in effect. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Abby Noro Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Bourne. And I'm Aaliyah. I'm not going to ask how's it going, so I kind of figure you're all doing good. But today we do have a fun little episode that we do that we continue. Sorry, I had to adjust the audio recording. I think that should be better. Yeah, that should be fine. Okay. So this will probably be part two, then, of the Unpopular Opinions episode. And you got Lily. And uh, and we have our little kid with us right now. She's on my lap. Yeah, kind of how we did it last time. I mean, not in the first episode, but the first time we tried recording this particular episode. If you heard a a thump, that was Bowie. (laughs) Bowie hit his head, like he probably does every other time. So now we have both our kids on our laps. And we got both babies joining us for the podcast. So they might as well discuss with us, even though this one probably doesn't even know about horror movies. Yeah, well, neither of them really do. No. Anyway, so I... Since the first episode, I have posted on our Instagram account highlights on the stories of popular opinions or unpopular opinions. Mm -hmm. And some of us, you know, some of our followers have voted. Some of us as well have gone on there on our personal accounts and voted. Between some of the ones that we have already mentioned in the last episode and ones we're going to talk about in this episode. So do you just want to go ahead and jump into it? Yeah, let's go jump into it. But before we do that, I would like to give a personal shout out mm-hmm. to someone. To uh, Patrick Kingsley, if you're listening right now, dude, I love you and thank you for listening to us. I'm really happy that you actually enjoy our podcast, just like everyone else does. And you are one awesome man. Mm-hmm. And if you hear from him in the future, he might have his own podcast as well. So stay tuned for Patrick Kingsley if that ever happens. But other than that, let us continue with our unpopular opinion. So we're going to start off with a two-part question, and it's really just who's the better director between James Wan and Ari Aster. Because there's a lot of different opinions about both of them. Some say that James Wan is good, some say James Wan is okay or not too good, and some say the same things about Ari Aster. Obviously, you all know how I feel about Ari Aster as a director. You can go ahead and listen to any of our previous episodes mentioning him. So it's really just narrowing down between James Wan, who directed the Conjuring movies. He also directed the Saw films. And I think Insidious also. And Ari Aster so far has released, I believe, The Witch. Hereditary and Midsummer are kind of his big three mm-hmm. horror films of the times. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I want to say the modern era because this is kind of where we are right now few years yeah yeah because the modern era is kind of where we are at right now with like modern horror films progressing and changing again the course of film industries and things like that it's just i personally feel like james wan is the better director than ari aster i mean i'll give credit to where it's due in terms of the visual effects that ari aster brings to some of his films he does bring a good sense of gore to some of his scenes when it comes to like death or kill scenes or however he he goes about it it's very creative mm-hmm. and the visual effects especially in midsummer when they are tripping on mushrooms i believe it is or some sort of herbal tea uh, and those yeah. those trippy sequences are pretty interesting to watch mm-hmm. but 
I feel like as a whole, as a story, as character development and all that, it's not a good one. Yeah, I thought it would be a good one because, especially for Midsummer, I thought it would have had a lot of that heavy, like, pagan-like horror influence to it, but it really... Mm-hmm. It's kind. Of, it's a mixture of that mixed with toxic, uh, toxic relationship issues. It mixes a lot of things. I mean, it's got it's got grief. It's got suicide and different and, aspects and of just that. For once, it makes me think. I'd rather watch Twilight than this. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's got a weird. It's. I don't even know what the word I'm thinking of is. It's got a weird mixture of different themes into it. While still trying to not be, like we mentioned before, an obvious horror movie. But I will say, out of all the Ari Aster's films that I've watched, because I've only watched two out of three, I've never really watched Hereditary. I mean, I heard fucked up things about it. It is fucked but, up. Uh, but I've watched Midsummer. I would probably get, be like the second movie I like, but the first movie, the number one movie I like, is The Witch. Mm-hmm. I definitely like for what it is. Like, you know, its tone of the movie, its premise, the um, the eeriness that goes on especially with the kids and the goat and the kid going to the forest and finding the lady who's young but turns out to be old underneath. yeah the witch the witch herself yeah so and that that yes. was another thing about the witch that i didn't like is that the plot twist supposedly if there is a plot twist because i don't obviously see this as a plot twist when it's revealed at the end <coughs> when it's revealed at the end that black philip their goat is Lucifer or Satan himself. In disguise, yeah. When the two children were running around singing nursery rhyme that essentially revealed his identity from the get-go. And, you know, it's not a twist if it's sort of implied in the beginning, even through a nursery rhyme. Yeah, you probably don't think of it because they're toddlers and they just make up random shit just to be weird and random. But it's like, there you go, right there. They're already telling you Black Philip is the devil. Yeah, so those so, kids so are really right. So how is it? How is it a plot twist that surprise? Black Philip is really the devil. Mm-hmm. Oh, that Philip. It just—it's not a plot twist if it's already mentioned. I know you—you you just said that pun. It's okay. Ugh. We can get over it. It's fine. I have so many issues with this. With I know, Ari but Asher. I do like the very end of it where she is upset and realizes that. She kind of basically belongs well, with the witches, and she walks over to well, the yeah, bonfire. Well, yeah, because she essentially, at this point, like Danny in Midsummer, she doesn't have anybody. She's essentially been shunned by her own family for speculating that she's a witch and is somehow involved with the, the deaths of her siblings. And now it's like, okay, I'm not a witch, but yeah... Lucifer is offering me to be part of a coven, which I'm going to go ahead. If they are going to accept me, much less like my own family, then fine. Fuck it. I'm going to go ahead and be a witch. Yeah. And it's like, again, it's all about finding some sort of acceptance in a community of people that are not directly related to you. Mm -hmm. It's finding your own family, essentially, through a horror story. Yeah, I in think a weird way. You know, it's funny. It's the same thing with the witch in Midsummer. So it has that kind of like same theme to that. Mm-hmm. You know, you lose a family, but you gain one, kind of like in that sense. But the family that you gain, it turns out to be evil a little bit. Yeah. You know, and you know, it's funny. I feel like these movies, if they could actually, they could probably <laughs> co in line with each other in one universe, but they don't. But if they could, it would be kind of sweet. Yeah, and they all they all in some way involve cult activity. Even Hereditary has huge, heavy themes of cult. 
But that's why I like mentality into it. Those type of horror movies, like the cult theme within the like horror movies, are some of my favorite films Mm -hmm. because it really shows is like these these people or something like they try to praise under one thing and try to hide themselves and to pretend to be good, but when they're evil, and then trying to recruit other people who don't feel like they don't belong to to join their cult. But when you compare it to our, or not Ari, when you compare Ari Aster's style to James Wan's style of directing horror films, it's it's different in a sense where it's like, I mean, the Saw movie is just this this genius person creating these death traps and selecting certain groups of people to kill, mm-hmm. and it's. A genius way of going about it because Saw 3, and I think it might be Saw 3 that I'm thinking of, but Saw 3 is essentially a group of people who were ex-convicts who were all arrested by this one cop who is locked in with them with his son. Is that, that is Saw 3, okay. That is Saw 3. And the fact that he chose all of them with the cop and his son just... Up. It it's fucked up, but it's so genius, and it's like Ari Aster couldn't come up with shit like that. Fine I enough. mean, Saw three was released in what? Sorry, I'm looking it up. <sighs> Saw three was released in two thousand six. Yeah, right. Saw three. Saw three was released in two thousand six. Saw. The first Saw movie was 2004. I thought it was 2005, but it is... So after doing some light research on Ari Aster... We made a mistake. We made a huge mistake. Huge mistake. He has no involvement in The Witch whatsoever. None at all. It really... I just looked up Ari Aster, and I also had to look up The Witch separately. Even though it's kind of like... I think maybe is, is under the same production house... Yeah, it's but not it's, actually an Ari Aster movie. No, it's directed by Robert Eggers. Yes, so we apologize for that. We are very sorry, and I, I, I don't know if I'm we still, talked about it before in the yeah, other podcast. I mean, I'm still not a big fan of The Witch. It just didn't really... It's not one of those I movies... Am, I'm a huge well, I'm no, a fan. I mean, I'm not saying you didn't like it because yeah. it was Ari Aster directed, but... No, it had nothing to do with it, but yeah. We apologize for our mistake. Yes. But... His two notable works so far are Hereditary and Midsummer. The only one we both have seen together so far is Midsummer. That's just and so weird, though. I just feel like that movie would be something that would be kind of like made in the same influence. But it's just so weird now that it's only two of them and not the witch with it. But he's been make Okay, so the point I was trying to make was that Ari Aster has been making movies since 2011. And granted, before Hereditary, he made a lot of indie films that weren't exactly horror psychological thrillers he made a lot of like independent movies that were a bit obscure yes but he had a lot of time between the release of saw to come up with something you know interesting and yeah he created hereditary or directed hereditary at least but still it's like his movies don't really there's some there's something about them that don't I don't like. And I'm no I know I've gone into great length and detail in my previous episodes. Excuse me. I've gone into great length in previous episodes about why I didn't like Midsummer. So you like I said, if you haven't heard already, yeah, watch in previous listen episodes. To the, listen to those. Listen to those. 
because I'm not but, having to re-explain re all that yeah, shit again. No. I'm just going to summarize that in this instance between James Wan and Ari Aster, I prefer James Wan because he's very creative. He's very good in the way he directs movies, and especially in um, ghost movies like The Conjuring and the Insidious movies, he really knows how to get a good crew of people together to create the visuals that were made for these movies. Yeah. I think, granted, yes, a lot of them involve a lot of jump scares, which a lot of people are kind of sick of nowadays, but some of them work. Yeah, and in the, Conjuring kind of movies, yeah. in the Conjuring movies, they kind of work. Mm. Like, I watched one the other day. Well, not the other day, but, like, last month before I left my last job. I was sitting in my office with my coworkers, and we had some downtime, and we were watching... Annabelle, the first Annabelle movie. Mm -hmm. And it's the scene where I think Mia is her name, the mom who has the baby and has the Annabelle doll, like or kind of originally in the Annabelle movie. Mm -hmm. She's going up the stairs in her apartment building and she's trying to get upstairs and she's being followed by this entity that starts from the basement and kind of just worked its way up. But there's a moment where the power goes out in the building. And it's thunder and lightning outside. And the lightning cracks. And in that flash, you see this demonic-looking face running up the stairs towards her. And it scared the shit out of my coworker. I heard a, somebody scream. So it tells me that they, they did a good job doing what they were supposed to do, which is make people scared. Yeah. And I, I love that. I love that about James Wan movies. It's really, really good. So do you have any final thoughts you want to ex express before we move on? Um, well, a few things. One, sorry about the witch comment, mm -hmm. about the witch thing earlier. It was Robert Eggers. Don't say anything. Let me talk until we go to the next thing. Okay. James Wan, I didn't realize until now that did Aquaman. So that was a bit of a shocker. Mm -hmm. So that was cool. And also, um, and also Annabelle was actually, I will be honest, like a lot of the Possessed movies were stuff like that I wasn't really too much a big fan of, especially that came out in 2010. Mm -hmm. But I will say that Annabelle is actually a really good movie. Yeah. So other than that, let us go to our next, um, yeah. Because if you enjoyed Annabelle, you're going to love Annabelle creation and you're really going to love Annabelle Comes Home. I did. I don't want her to come home. No, but you got to watch him. Well, I mean, Annabelle creation is available on HBO Max, which we have, yeah. but Annabelle Comes Home is no longer available on HBO Max, so I don't know how we're going to go about getting that. I, I don't care. It's fine. If it comes up somewhere, we will watch it. But okay. anyway, I will say this before we go to the next one. Okay. I really wish that they would just take Raggedy Ann doll and put it in the films instead of this terrifying looking doll because it obviously looks evil. I found a pair of Annabelle leggings at Record Archive today. And I almost was a little compelled to buy them. But then I'm thinking, in my fat ass, her face is not going to look the way it does. But instead, you bought a Lady Gaga poster. I bought a, a Lady Gaga and a Prince poster. Poster, so yeah. It's worth the money. It's worth I don't care. more than the Annabelle socks. Wait, there was really Annabelle socks there? Leggings. Oh, leggings. They were leggings. Oh, man, I want a pair of leggings. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> Our next opinion is Dr. Sleep. It's a great horror film. I will say this, is that out of a lot of horror films, especially ones that are remade and stuff like that, or not remade, but this like... This is a sequel. Se this is a sequel, especially for modern sequels. This was a really impressive sequel, for sure, especially for this time of age and everything. And even when sequels really do suck in horror films, 
this one definitely proved that this could actually have a really good story. A lot of them do. A lot of horror movies have really terrible sequels. And I I find this one, even though it was a long overdue, which I understand Doctor Sleep wasn't published until, you said 2014? Yeah. Yeah, much well-deserved sequel. And it was really, really good for what it was. Like, I'm glad that someone like Mike Flanagan, who picked up the project as a director, was capable and, you know, enough to make such a unique sequel to this movie yes it was so good i can't i can't get over how well put together this whole movie was because i mean we all know stephen king in great length can write a story but he can write one hell of a story but exactly so to be able to condense you know over a thousand pages worth of literature into a hour and a half movie well two and a half hour i'm assuming sometimes his movies are an hour and a half hour and a half but I feel like he did a pretty good job in not only trying to stay true to the story, because even Stephen King himself loved the Doctor Sleep movie. Mm -hmm. He thought he did a much better job than Kubrick ever did with the Shining adaptation. Yeah, with the first one, because Stephen hated that one. Yeah, and I'm really glad that it came out the way it did, because it was terrifying, and it really did it justice as as far as sequels go. Because usually with sequels... You can almost expect that it's either going to reflect in some ways the original, but this one but there's always didn't, a didn't quite chance. didn't quite go word for word. You know, like it's not like a remake. It's not. It's a it's a sequel. It's but a it's continuation. Not, it's a continuation of a story thirty years later. Yeah, which 30, is fine. Thirty plus years. Yeah. Still, which is fine, but it's just so interesting that like the way this one about it because. It didn't focus so heavily on the Overlook Hotel until the final act of the movie, which is great. Because mm-hmm. that's where it all ends. That's where it all started in The Shining, and that's where it all ends in Doctor Sleep. Yeah. And I love the way, like, the visuals in it were so good. The special effects were amazing. This is the only time I would ever give CGI credit. Where credit where, where is due. Where credit is due, yes. Oh, so You were thinking about that, weren't you? I, I get a little winded sometimes when I go into these conversations because it's so it's so good and the acting styles are so good too i mean ewan mcgregor phenomenal actor he has a great i love him he's he has a great knack for voice work he's universal well yeah i mean he you know he's an irishman who can speak pretty damn good english like we do he speaks pretty good english i mean if you see him in big fish he can pull off a really thick southern accent pretty well he really can and if you ever see him in uh in the star wars movies he has a really good accent in there as well too yeah i mean it's british but i mean it's you know and like i said he's universal in beauty and the beast he was the voice of lumiere Oh, wait, was he Lumiere? In the live-action one, yeah. Oh, shit, that's right. He was in Beauty and the Beast. That's weird. Okay. So he does, like I said, he's a great actor. Yeah, I and, like, I love Ian McGregor. And the girl who plays Abra, she's phenomenal. Yeah. Like, there's a moment in the movie. Oh, the little one, yeah. The girl. She, yeah. yeah, she, she, there's a moment in the movie where Danny projects his mind into Abra. To try to help her escape from the group of people who are trying to kill her. I like how they do the escape thing, so in The Shining. But yeah. but the way that she took on like Danny's personality, yeah, 
Like she went into his body. Well, he... It's essentially Danny who's... Went into hers. Sort of possessing Abra to help her escape. So they could possess bodies if they could. They could if they wanted to. Good Danny is, you know, pretty powerful with his gift of the shining. So anything's possible, I guess. And the fact that, you know, as an actress, she was able to act like a 30-plus-year-old man... Yeah. In the way that she did, it, it's just so it it's so good. I think it over how, how good this that's was. That's how talented she is as an actress for as young as she is. Mm-hmm. My God, casting choices were really great. I uh, loved it. I will say this: my favorite scene in the whole film mm-hmm. is when Danny was a little kid and they went back to their house and everything, and he's watching TV with his mom. Mm-hmm. And this was at the time when he wasn't talking because the whole thing just fucked him up. Yeah. So here's so when he finally talked to his friend, which what's his name again? Dick, I think. Dick, yeah, Dicky, or whatever his name was, talked to him about overcoming his fears. And then that night, when he went to the bathroom, saw the woman in the tub. He basically went in there, faced his fear, and locked her up in a box. Yeah, and I love that too. The visual. Yeah. The then, visuals and. How they display each of these characters' minds yeah. is amazing. And they went back to normal. We, no, because we see, we see these interactions between Rose the Hat and Abra, Abra and Danny, and even Rose and Danny. Mm-hmm. You know, like, every one of them has their ghosts or their memories stored in a very unique way. And it's just so interesting to see how... Especially considering when you think about how old these people actually are. Because Abra is a teenager. Yeah. So her mind is like a filing cabinet system where all of her memories are stored like files. Danny is a 30, you know, I don't want to say middle-aged, but he's an older man. And with, with all the stuff that he's had to go through in his life... Actually, I thought he was in his 40s. Well, could be. Again, I may be wrong about the timeline, but Danny is essentially an older man. Older than Abra, but not much older than Rose the Hat, who has lived on for a very, very long time, which I'm going to get into in a minute. But his mind is like the corn, not the corn maze, it's the hedge maze at the Overlook. Mm -hmm. And each trunk contains a ghost from his past that he's just stored in there to prevent... He put in each box, He puts them in a box to prevent them from coming out and harming him, which is great. And then you go into Rose's head... And it's like a library. It's like this grand library of You could design shelves. it any way you want. No, shelfuls of memories. I know, but I'm saying and with it's your just, mind, you can do that. You can design it any well, way you want. the way that they do it, and I think it's because of their gift, really. Mm-hmm. And the way that they're able to tap into that part of their mind where they're like, okay, I can just go in there and, you know, pull a memory and it will come to me just so easily. And it's like... How fucking cool is that? Especially to see, her library. To see it in visual form like that is so unique. And I loved it. It's just so fucking well put together. I can't get over how good this movie was. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts? Otherwise, I'm going to go into another long-winded rant again. Red rum. That's it. Okay. <laughs> um, so, in Pet Cemetery, the scariest character in that whole film can't is... Can it? Sure. Zelda. Yes. <laughs> Rachel's sister, Zelda. Rachel. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. That, that, I, that voice always fucking scares I, me. I can't. I can't go into too much detail about it without uh, it scarring me. Because I'm going to get nightmares about her tonight. And, and in just, case that people don't know either, when you think of Zelda, you think of this old raggedy woman and everything. Mm-hmm. But really underneath all that makeup and fake bones and stuff, it's really a man. I know. But it's still, it's... The visuals for that, for those scenes of... Um, Rachel's sister, because there's really like a few scenes where they actually show Zelda. Yeah, exactly. And it's the flashback scene from Rachel's story about how Zelda died. Mm-hmm. There's two premonitional visions that Rachel has, where she opens up the door into a room and she sees Rachel, mm-hmm. or not Rachel, um, Zelda. Are you talking about in the remake or in the new one? In the, or, I'm in, the original. Well, one. in the original. Yeah. In the original, because that's that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. That one gives me nightmares. I can't. Oh, the way she like lurched up in bed that way was like. like yeah. Oh, it just creeps me out. I, oh. oh, I would hate to have her back. Like, yeah. I mean, go fuck yourself if you think the cat and Gage are scarier. They're not that scary. No, when you. They see- didn't really do much to front Gage out to look demonic or menacing. You know, no. like. They try to make them all put, cutesy they put and a shit. Little, they put a little fake scar, paled up his hair and his face a little bit more. Yeah, they put a, even a little hat and gave on him, him. gave him a scalpel. That's not scary. I'm sorry, but it's not scary. He killed Henry Munster. I was so mad that he did that. Yeah, he killed Judd, who yeah. lived across the street. Oh, my God. But then, like, when you compare that Zelda to the remake Zelda, it's still kind of scary in a sense. I mean, yeah, they made her look a lot more gross in the remake than they did in the original. But still, the this, this scene of her flashback in that is just so terrifying. Yeah. I just can't... Ugh. Falling down a dumbwaiter. It's like equivalent to my fear of being in an elevator and it breaks down and trying to get out of it and it falls and cuts you in half. I can't... Ugh. That's what makes you feel alive. But no, it you, doesn't! But then you die. It scares the <laughs> shit out of me. I don't like that at all. So do you have any other thoughts about this um, one? No, other than, you know, don't go down to the pet cemetery because the grass is sour. <laughs> All right, so we did one, so. two, and three. Do you want to do a fourth one and then call it a day, or do you yes, want to do we will, Yes, we will do a final one and okay. then call it a day. All right, so we'll do a fourth one, and then there'll definitely be a part three coming up yep. within the week or so. Anyway, the next one is, in the movie Jaws, the real villain is not the shark, but... The mayor. The mayor, which, you know, it's funny. I my, agree. My dad, even back in the day, thought the mayor was the evil one than yes. really the shark. Because he was the one that was just wanting the people to stay in the water so he can have business. You know, so he can. Are you chewing on your nails over there? Hey. Hey. What are you doing? Any. Hey. Sorry. Come on. I focus. heard crunching and I'm like, what Any- are you doing? Anyway, down here? I think that the mayor is more evil than the shark because he wants everyone to be. In the water. He wants no, business. No, 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 no. He wants the money. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. he's doing this all for the money. Because he yeah. knows that the town that they're in is a tourist town. People come for the, the tourist be- attraction. Yeah, the beach, they the come, tourist Yeah, they come for the everything. beach. They come for the shops. They come for the atmosphere. They come for the food, and yeah. If people aren't going to the beach and swimming in the ocean, then there's really no reason for people to come. Which yeah. then runs the businesses to the ground in that town. It's funny, I see... Which, I understand if you're a business that doesn't thrive in all year seasons. Like, like yeah, if you're not thriving all year, in the summers or your, you know, it's where business booms most of the time, 
then you really need to find a new profession because this kind of scenario was easily laid out to them by the sheriff, you know, and it, it's like he told you. The, he had specialists come in and tell you that people shouldn't be swimming in the water if this mm-hmm. kind of shark is out there. Yeah. And the, the mayor didn't care. Nobody cared. Nobody cared if there was a shark out in the water. Everybody just thought that he was crazy and being paranoid because he had a fear of water. So what? It's a shark. You've got two people who have already been eaten by this shark. And you're going to go ahead and approve for more people to go into the water? It's kind of like the same thing with, like, you know, with the whole pandemic and vaccination going exactly. on. Exactly. And, like, people, they're, like, they don't want to wear masks, but they have to wear masks. But there's, like, the mayor's kind of, like, basically the whole thing being like, hey, you could take your mask off and just exactly. do whatever you want. I mean, you can compare it to this kind of situation because we've had, we've had officials, like, the government is telling you, mask up, get your vaccines, mm-hmm. social distance. Yes. You've had the CDC and healthcare professionals telling you this is what you need to do in order to prevent the spread of COVID. Exactly. And what do people do? They don't listen. They, fuck they don't it. care. They don't care. They want to They go just go ahead and do whatever the fuck they want to do. They want to live and their that, lives. And if they get sick, then who cares, right? Exactly. Now, we're not going to go into that no, we're aspect not. No, of the we're conversation. going back to the Jaws demic. But we can say it with certainty that. The situ- this kind of situation in Jaws can be in some ways compared to this real-life situation. Yeah. But in the end of the day, the mayor was told, the mayor was aware that this was a threat. He did not take it seriously, and he encouraged people to go into the water, and people died. Mm-hmm. And look what happened. You know, people witnessed other people being eaten by a shark. Yeah. It... I, and... And it, this not only happens once, but it happens twice in the sequel. Yeah. Same mayor, same shark, same bullshit. Well, maybe not same shark, mm-hmm. but same scenario. Yeah. Shark comes into the town, eats some people. Same sheriff tells the same mayor, look, we have another shark attack. He's saying, oh, you're being paranoid. You're being crazy. It's not really a shark attack. You're again. a moron. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and then... Again, look what fucking happened. And the guy's looking at him being like, uh, what did I tell you? I know. It's like we need one of those situations where it's safe to look at people and say, did I tell you? Did I not tell what you that this was I going say? to happen? Yeah, exactly. Like, there should be... I mean, if, if this were real life and a real life mayor did this kind of bullshit, they should definitely be held accountable for being that irresponsible. Yeah. Because even at one point in time... I believe in the first movie, a little boy got eaten in oh, yeah. the beginning. Timmy. Well, I don't know if it was, his name was Timmy. No, I'm but just kidding. his no. mom came up and she got mad at the sheriff for allowing this to happen. Yeah. And you could tell he wanted to say, oh no, I wasn't me. It was the guy. Thank your mayor. mayor. Thank your fucking mayor yeah. for allowing this to happen. Because yeah. he's too busy worrying about what other people's businesses are going to happen if no tours show up. <sighs> that Thank your mayor. Thank the person you voted for to run this town. I think that's why I kind of didn't like the movie either. Because the mayor was just fucking annoying. The mayor frustrates the shit out of me. I just want to really does. him. If I, was, if I was the guy with the glasses saying we're going to need a bigger boat, I'd be... Yeah, um, that's the sheriff. Yeah. Really? No, no, the guy... What? Yeah. 
that's not the sheriff. Oh, that's the sheriff, but I'm talking about the mayor. I would slap the shit mayor out of the Vaughn, mayor. Mayor Vaughn, I believe his name is. That's who I'm talking about. I would slap the shit out of the mayor. The sh- If I was the sheriff, I would slap him. Slap that mayor. I know. It's just... It, it frustrates me watching that movie sometimes. And yeah. It's just... It... It baffles me, like, how stupid could you fucking be mm-hmm. when you have professionals telling you what not to do? Like, hey, I've been doing this kind of job for, like, eight plus years, and yeah. I have a degree, and, you know, yeah. I have credentials that back up my work. I was doing I, this I, when I you would, were swimming in your like, daddy's nutsack. It, yeah, but it's like, please take what I say in consideration. I know what I'm talking about. If you continue to let people go into that water and this predatory creature is seeking these people out yeah. because they're hungry and they want to eat and they don't care what they're eating. Richard Dreyfuss was really good in the movie, too. Oh, yeah. yeah that was, was a good was, movie. Yeah, he was great. He was the smart guy in the movie. Exactly. He, yeah, he, when all the idiots are around, you have to have that smart guy in the middle. That's him. Yes. So, yes. So, I believe that the mayor is the villain in the Jaws movies and not the shark. And I totally agree. And the mayor is a complete douchebag. So, if he ever... So, if he gets eaten, that's good. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you... I mean, you really have to come to the conclusion that a shark is a creature living its life based on instinct. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's intentionally trying to kill people or not... You don't know he what does, it's thinking. He doesn't have emotions. It, it could be mistaking. Yeah. It could be mistaking people for fish, or it could, you know, have become in some way. I don't want to say rabid because I don't think sharks can get rabies, but <laughs> it it becomes ravenous in a way where it's like Maybe devouring. Maybe raised around flesh. I don't know. No, but it's like it becomes ravenous in a way where it starts to seek these people out who are going into the water and eating them. So, did, did the mayor ever die in the movies? Please tell me he did. Well, I know he doesn't exactly make an appearance in the third film. Yeah. At least I don't think. Mm-hmm. I think I think even the third film took place at another location and not Cape Cod. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well. Which I can't wait to watch the new American Horror Story. Because I heard that movie has, was taken place in around the same location where Jaws was filmed. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to the next American Horror Story season. Oh, It's coming out this month in August. Well, yeah, this month, right? This is August, right? Yeah. (laughs) Fuck you, Colin. Anyway, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Um, no, not exactly. But other than that, um, this has actually been a good conversation. This has been a very good conversation. I enjoy it very much. I do enjoy these very much, too. Yes. And like I said, I'm going to keep posting these unpopular opinions on our Instagram story. So, excuse me. Ew. That's disgusting. If you want to go ahead and put in your vote for which you feel like is, you know, unpopular opinionated, go ahead and do so on our Abby Normal Podcast Instagram page. We, I believe we still have our Facebook, but we haven't really been monitoring that well. I really don't care about that one. But... Yeah, our Instagram is your best bet to follow yeah. us and stay updated with our show. And if you and want to talk to us or message us, whatever, just let us know. Yeah, definitely. That'd be cool. I sure. mean, it's, I mean, we still look at that or anything. We're not famous, so yeah. Not, I mean, yeah. we're we're slowly growing. I noticed over the past few weeks, ever since we started posting our episodes on Podomatic, our 
audience has grown a lot greater. So we're basically baby muscles right now until we get bulkier. Well, our progress is growing in recent weeks, and I'm very happy to see that people are liking our show a lot more, and you know we're getting more followers. We're generating a lot of I don't want to say popularity, but yeah. I'm glad that a lot of people are liking what are, what we're doing. Okay, you know it makes me proud to have this podcast and to continue to do this podcast and at least be able to have the life that I have where I get to still work, do what I need to do off record, and do the podcast at the same time. With me? Yes, Colin, with you. Mm-hmm. I wish you would have more time to do it with me, but that's whatever. I'm sorry. It's it's busy out there, man. It's a jungle out there. Anyway. So, so anyway, this has been an episode of the Happy Normal Podcast, but if you want to know more about us or try mm. to find us, this is how you do it. I forgot to put in my own personal opinion. Remember that one? Which one? About Jurassic Park. No, we're done. No. Damn it. No. That's in in part three. You can do it. Yeah, so stay tuned for part three because I'll definitely be putting in my personal unpopular opinion about Jurassic Park in that episode. We almost left. (laughs) Almost. We're almost done. Yes, but all right. So just if you want to catch us, Aaliyah will tell you where to I find us. I already did. Did you already I just did, did that? that part. Did you not hear me talk about our Instagram page? Oh, yeah, that's right. You did. Shut up. Anyway, so here, so this is the end of our show. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you all for listening, and stay tuned for the Unpopular Opinion Part 3. This has been the Abbey Normal Podcast. I'm your host, Colin. And I'm Aaliyah. Signing off saying we're going to need a bigger podcast. As always, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We are currently on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Be sure to give us a like, subscribe, or a nice review for our podcast. It helps boost our show positively. You can also follow us on Instagram and now on TikTok.